That's Chris, I, re I resent that you say seltzers are for women. They, they have. That's not a very 2021 um, in like stance to have, sir. You can take that bigotry and take it off my podcast, please. <laughs> seltzers are for girls. <laughs> I'm still Ricky Welcome to the State Sports Podcast, State of Emergency Podcast. Even though it's a Monday when we normally record, this <laughs> is uh, not your typical Monday by any means. Uh, Austin, right before we, we hopped on air, you said what a 24 hours it has been, and yeah, you're right. I, I can't remember the last time, uh, as a soccer fan, as a Spurs supporter, that it has been this hectic. I guess uh, Pochettino being fired, but that doesn't even hold a candle to kind of what's happening in the soccer world at this moment. Um, Usually when I text you guys at like 5.30 in the morning, you're like, oh, fuck. Why is he texting me? I'll read this in a few hours. But this yeah. morning, I actually had real news. Actually had real news. Uh, <laughs> that's true. A, a text message never wakes Things me up. Happen. But it, it was uh, it was the first thing I saw when I did wake up. So you did break the news to me. Uh, Chris, when did you find out? Was it Austin's text that, uh, that woke you up? In the, it uh, was, you? yeah. I was waking up, taking my shower, yes. getting ready for work, and then bloop, bloop. What the news hell? break news breaking hold on news flash and then of course like i was like five minutes late for work because i spent five minutes standing in front of my mirror like scrolling through random things on my phone to, to get more information on the i'd missed everything i'd missed all of this happening and it just broadsided me at about 5 30 in the morning ridiculous yeah i mean Let's just talk about this. I mean, we have we have a game that we could review. We discussed that we really we there's too Fuck much going on, and we're game. not going to review this I game am. because I think the, the I think the team that we have moving forward, uh, I don't think it's going to be anything about that team that we we would be reviewing on on Friday no. against Everton. So long story short, uh, Danny we, Rose incoming at left back. <laughs> long story short, we uh, we drew two two at Goodison Park. Uh, Harry Kane's the best striker in the world. Uh, there's your review. Let's get into this. Um, <laughs> Five-second review. Harry Kane rules. What's Tottenham sad Hotspur about that is that is about all that game is worth. I tried to make it such a positive day because I was just like, wait, it's not that bad. And oh, then right. I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, it is so, that bad. That's all we need to know. That's all we need also, to know. Also, Harry Kane's amazing. Also, Sissoko is terrible. And then, oh, well, uh, I mean, that, 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 that's important. And I would love Gilfie Sigurdsson. Okay, now I'm done. Uh, so let's talk about this. Who saw this coming today? We've discussed this on the podcast for months now, and I think Chris even thought he'd get a whole other. No, no, no. Yeah, the two months. of you saw this coming. The two of you both called like in the next few games. If something doesn't change, he's gonna go. Both of you said that. I was the one that was like, Nah, he's gonna have till the end of this season, maybe even next season. I, I think. I think I think Colin was in the camp of I, I could see it happening. I was kind of ambivalent. I I could see either way going. I didn't expect it to be right now though. No, nobody. Right before a League Cup final. Right yeah, before a League Cup final. I don't. I didn't see that coming. As much as I I did see it happening, I didn't think it happened this early. I was thinking if we lose the League Cup final, embarrassingly, 
he's gone because there's nothing else to play for at that point. Um, yeah. At that but point, yeah. you're writing it off and you just got to go. You so there's a lot of – there hasn't been really any clarity on this firing yet, right, Austin? No, there's been some. Um, some of the good reporting I've been seeing uh, from, from reputable sources is that after the Everton game, the, the last straw was – was was cast and that um it's possible they were waiting until the super league news was, was revealed in order to drop this as like a good nugget to the fans um i've also seen reporting that the that really the the europa league ousting and the crystal palace matches were kind of the last straws as well um and that they were just kind of on borrowed time i I've read, I've read, I've read different reports. So I've read one report that was after we got ousted from Europa League, if we didn't have good matches in the next few in the Premier League, that it was never, that there was no way we could move forward. Um, I've seen reports that after Palace and um, you know the, the, the matches right after the Europa League, that if that it was, it was never going to work, and they were just biding their time. I personally think, looking back now that Levy made up his mind at least on Friday, if not earlier. And he was just waiting for the right time to drop the news. Cause he knew that no interim manager was going to turn this around. Yeah. And, and I, Chris, I, I'm going to cut you out there. Cause Chris, yeah. right before we hopped on this podcast, you said that um, there's something about, it was decided when we lost his uh, Dino was a grab, right? It was, um, I think it may not have been the athletic. I think it was, oh, I, I want to admit it may have been the Ali gold. Uh, eh, I can't talk. Ali I think it was Ali gold. I think it was it after the Zagreb game. It kind of accelerated the idea of they they put out the feelers to agents of this is the profile of coach we're going to be looking for next because Mourinho's probably not going to make it through the season. So let's get the jump on on the next manager that we want to find. And that I mean that makes sense. I mean you you go into a a game up two nil, lose to Dynamo Zagreb that knocks you out of the the biggest trophy. Who has a manager in up. jail? Yeah, uh, that game. I mean, any other anybody else? That's a firing. I got that. I, I that's where I came from with my theory of he's gonna get the rest of the season. Is if they didn't fire him after that, what else can you do? Lampard like, got fired while they were still in Champions League. Yeah, like how yeah. bad can it get if it's not gonna? If this doesn't do it. So yeah, I mean, so. Man, I, I, we have so many ways we can take this podcast. Um, and so well, Colin, I, Colin, just yeah. just as 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 a recommendation, there's been reports about how different players have been taking it. So maybe that's yeah, what yeah. So let's, let's jump into. I think what's what's most important is that we still have. Um, we can fire the manager, but we, we, these players are still still Spurs. They're still going to put on the kit. Uh, they're still going to come out and play. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Um, and so we have to discuss Southampton, baby what the mentality is of these players and not only that but ryan mason a 29 year old i know it hasn't been announced right yet chris but he did take charge of training today and essentially i mean they delayed training this morning uh because they were were talking right yeah Yeah. to drop the news so training was delayed and of course the delay in training and the the super league news kind of intertwined into well they delayed training because that's when Levy dropped the Super League news. So Mourinho refused to train the team because he was protesting the Super League. Oh, that was such bullshit. Everybody has said that that's BS. It's literally just Mourinho's – Levy and Mourinho were hashing out, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. So, Well, and so the thing about this, you, you bring up Ryan Mason. 
can we just, I mean, someone posted this earlier, and it's probably not the time for romanticism because of what's going on in football right now, but let's just think about this for a second. Ryan Mason at 26 years old has such a devastating at 26 he has such a devastating injury he almost dies on the football pitch has to retire and three years later he's coaching he's managing his boyhood club imagine if we win the fucking league cup final with ryan mason as our interim manager with players he was on the tottenham players that he grew up with i mean kane winks rose um not rose but it I mean, me, well, no, Rose was in no, because Rose is only thirty, so he was but, on the U. Rose would have been on the U. Oh, I guess no. that, yeah, probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. He would have played on like a U twenty three side or somewhere in there yeah. with Rose at that point, like because Rose, yeah, he, he's he, like Harry. Yeah. I remember when you were a chubby little teenager. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, makes me so, feel bad oh about God. like the uh, right after Andros Townsend left and uh, Pochettino had kicked him out and everything else, and he came back and said. Uh, Pochettino just completely broke my heart because I had envisioned a team, a Spurs first team that included myself, Ryan Mason, Harry Kane, Danny Rose, like all these guys who had come through the youth leagues together. And he wasn't going to be a part of it. It's also worth noting that Chris Powell has never lost the game as an interim manager, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's my next question. I, let's just kind of let's kind of wrap this this new caretaking manager up position before we go on to the players. Is 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 Ryan Mason was he the clear and obvious choice? I didn't I didn't see this. I think a lot that's of people like, uh, I didn't see it either. But you know what makes sense is that he was in charge of the youth setup. He was in charge of the youth team. Yeah. He's time. also further along on his badges than a lot of Ledley people. Ledley just well, started. It should be Ledley King, right? It should be Ledley King. Well, Ledley King really just started on his coaching badges this year. at the beginning of this season. Yep. When Mourinho noticed, like, hey, I need to bring this guy in. Interesting note. I think Mourinho brought him in to help with the defense, and even Ledley couldn't help, which is nope. Sad. I don't think he brought him in because of defense. I think he brought him in to help players with managing the players. Him. The players respected <laughs> the players. him. No, I really think it was because the players respected him, and that was mm-hmm. what it was. Ryan oh, Mason's been – I think Ryan Mason was for two years now has been our youth – has been one of our youth team coaches, right? He's been there. And I think it's I pretty common really practice to promote your youth your youth academy coaches yeah. as an manager. It's pretty common practice, right? I I went through some of his, his previous stats like on our, uh, on our Facebook page and in an Instagram post. But, yeah, he came back after his head injury, went straight into working with the – U17 and U23. Did he start working with them when Scott Parker was in charge? And I, I, yeah, I think that was part of it because it would have been, it would have had to have been because Scott, Scott Parker, Parker and Ryan Mason, two of our most hardworking center mids we've had in the past 10 years. Became youth league coaches who are now, you know, and, and the other thing is I was looking at, I don't know you got, if you guys saw the picture that I posted of Ryan Mason on our Instagram, but he looks like a manager. He looks like he, he does. Absolutely. What, why can't he beat our Nagelsmann? Like he. Okay, okay. He's not really. Hey, you know what? He hasn't coached a game yet, but I'm going to give him full benefit of the doubt because he. Do you remember the goal, the game-winning goal he scored, where he was out for two months because he got injured scoring it? Yeah, his knee. Yeah. 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 You know what? I'm going to give him every benefit of the doubt, and and he gets every game from here on to the end of the season, right? So. Go for it, Ryan. So yeah, go, do whatever the fuck you want. You can't I mean, make one, it any worse, Ryan. One thing can be certain is that we it can't get worse. I mean, we yeah. we have watched this this team. What we finished past, ninth. We've, Big yeah. whoop. I mean, we've watched this team the past four months, and, and it's just been really uninspiring football. I uh, think he's gonna go 
full red nap. <laughs> you think he's gonna go red nap? As long as you think he's gonna do Sherwood or red full nap, it's gonna... fledged red nap. Get out is there it... and let's get after it, boys. Matt Doherty as a defensive midfielder. I mean, what are we doing here? Is this let's gonna be like Sher- Sherwood? Let's have a kick and let's have uh, a good time. So Gareth Bale, get out there on the right wing. That, let's that's have a some great. Fun. That's a great transition. Let's talk about uh, how these players will be affected and who do we think will actually. Um, I mean, there's been some ridiculous reports that Danny Rose is gonna like. He might come back into training, but there's no way Danny Rose is going to take Colin, a regular on spot. What? Colin? Yeah. I'm worried about Harry Kane. Uh, okay, go on. I'll, I'll take the floor, Austin. Uh, your tone of voice has got my attention. It's rumored from very reputable sources that the only handful – so at, the, at, at Mourinho's firing, the big reports are that there's a handful of players that, that hated him, a handful of players that loved him, and a handful of players that didn't give a fuck. But the handful of players that loved him included Hoybear, Lucas, Kane, Loris, and they and and then at, even at the end, Harry Kane would have run through a brick wall for Jose Mourinho. My worry is that Harry Kane saw Jose as like the last grasp of us being able to win something at his time at Spurs, and he looks around at his teammates and sees all these players that either hated Mourinho or didn't give a fuck, and is like, what am I doing here? And now we have Ryan Mason, who I am three times the player of in our youth setup, and he was an amazing, you know, he was a great Spurs Academy product, but I was way more talented than him, and now he's managing me. And now where am I at 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 28 years old in in the, the last few years of my peak of my career? I'm worried about players like that and what the message it sends that we just failed to do anything with one of the most winningest coaches of all time that, that apparently killed our culture, according to some club sources. But I'm worried. I'm worried that the player Hugo Lloris, I'm, wor- I'm less worried about. He's towards the end of his career. Like, I love him as a captain, but I think it's easier to replace a Hugo than it is a Harry Kane, right? And I'm worried that Kane is going to see this as like, you know, maybe maybe the maybe the European Super League helps us in this way because he has nowhere to go. If all the other clubs he could go to are also in the Super League, he has nowhere to go. But well, like, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This oh, no, 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 I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to jump there. I'm just saying I'm worried that Kane is going to see this as a big step backwards. Well, the and, thing is, is, is it's not permanent, and I think we've had some some reports saying that like, uh, you know, Nagelsmann is is the clear cut. So Nagelsmann or Nagelsmann? I don't know. We already talked about this, Austin. You're going to bring this we, up, we this up every episode, Austin. Yeah, I am. Because I really I don't remember what we said last time. <laughs> it's potato potato. Uh, I think that he I mean, he's now the odds-on favorite for sport uh, for bookies to be the next Tottenham manager, which is surprising because I think a lot of us thought he'd be uh, the shoe-in for Bayern. Um, but said, Leipzig don't want to don't want to strengthen. Said, not gonna, they don't want to strengthen Bayern, and not only that, Bayern's not going to be in the ESL. I mean, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Yeah. But I think from a Kane perspective, this is not permanent. And he's a professional, so he will be here. And he's hurt, so we're not going to see him Wednesday. I mean, that's another big thing no. from the game against uh, Everton on Friday is, is he going to be fit to play against City? I say 100%. You're not going to take Harry Kane out of a cup final. He's yeah. going. Did we get? Have we had any reports on what the injury is? No, but he walked out of the stadium. Yeah. He walked yeah. out no cast out of, after the game. So, so if anything, talk- if, he's, if he's somewhat healthy – then he plays even if he's somewhat healthy on tomorrow on Wednesday. He, he he's gonna try and play. I mean they say he's a da- they're saying he's a doubt. Is Ryan Mason really gonna prevent him from playing? Let's be honest. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that plays in with firing Mourinho. Like, we don't have Kane. There's no way Mourinho's winning this. Let's get ahead of it and fire him. <laughs> That's I mean, a good point. Just, let's just move on it now. <laughs> I mean, they were saying two or three weeks, but once again, we know that Harry Kane, you're going to have to literally, he he's going to have to be able to not to walk because this yeah. is all we have to play for this season. This is essentially, I mean, we can still fight for top six, but um, anyways, we're going to get into previewing the Carabao Cup final shortly. Let's talk about these players. Who's going to come in? Who's going to be integrated back into the squad? Who's gonna um, Who's gonna miss out? We've been We've been struggling picking a starting eleven all season. Um, Chris, what do we see well, here? I mean, we, we've seen we a lot of people exiled. The, to yeah, uh, the thing about it, like I think number one, a lot of these players are gonna be starting on a clean slate. So we're gonna. I think we are going to see the Winxes and the Deliallis come back into the team, or at least be given an opportunity in these last couple of weeks, because they're known quantities, especially by someone like Ryan Mason, who knows. The Tottenham Hotspur culture and what was being built here. He played under Pochettino, so he knows about building that kind of an atmosphere. And I would I would hope that he's that kind of manager. He seems like he's that kind of person. Apparently, he's like he's you couldn't meet a nicer person. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's going to be players who are brought back in. I think that some of the older players who are effectively on their way out, like perhaps a Suzuko. Um, or, uh, I mean, it's hard to say like Toby or something, because Toby's not that old and Toby still has years left in him um, or time left in him, maybe not years. But I think there's a couple of fringe players who have been playing now who might get rotated out. And it really is going to depend more on who Levy thinks he can sell in the summer. Yeah, Austin, what's your take on here? Do you think uh, we, we see the likes of Winks, Deli, uh, even Bale, who has really kind of been frozen out other than the, like the last five minute but gasp of can, needing a goal. Can we all just please squash the, just for anyone who honestly thinks that Danny, Danny Rose, Rose has any chance of ever playing. Yeah, he's not. That's done. We're, it's not he hasn't happen. played for like a year. Not like, only that, but we're not really even struggling. Like left back's not a concern. I mean, yeah. Left back's just like, it's like fifth of our concern yes. list. Yeah. Put that to bed. Um, it's not going to happen. You know, Colin, I think, I think it depends. I, I don't know enough about Ryan Mason's like tactics based yeah. on what he's done with the youth team. And I don't know if you can really even import that to the senior team. I can see I can see it going a couple of ways. I can see him just doing a very Pochettino-esque 4-2-3-1 and just trying to be as Pochettino-esque about it, which would mean that Delhi or Lo plays that 10 role probably, and that you probably don't see Bale in that case, right? That you might see a, a Delhi son, Lo Celso, you know, three behind Kane. Um, we don't know if Kane can play on Wednesday, so that's going to be a big not, part. He's not playing Wednesday. So I would expect I would expect expect Vinicius to play up front because an interim manager is going to take a is going to try to play people not out of position, right? Yeah. Like you don't uh, unless you're Sherwood when you play Ryan or, or sorry uh, Kyle Walker at center mid, like unless you're some crazy asshole like like Tim Sherwood. Interim managers are going to try to play players in their most comfortable position. So mm-hmm. I would expect Venetius then up front on Wednesday, which probably means that you might see him up front with 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 Lucas and see a four four two. I would see a very, I would expect a very traditional formation is what I would expect. So the only way Bale plays is if we go with a four three three, because that's Bale's position he's comfortable in. That's what he played in with Real Madrid for years, right? So. The only way way you see uh, Bale play is if you see Bale, Son, and Vinicius up front with a midfield three, and I could see that. There's a there's there's reasons why you would see an interim manager coming in and saying, 
Oh, Hoiberg and Domblay Lacelso, midfield three, boom, nailed on. Bale's our best right winger, boom, nailed on. Like, I could see that. But I could also see him saying, I played under Pochettino in a 4-2-3-1. And I played with a number 10 that can do lots of things. So, Delhi, you're back in. And we're going to play Lucas and Son on either side of you who can switch sides. And we're going to play Vinch slip top. That's what I would expect. As far as the back four, I would be shocked <laughs> if Toby Alderweireld doesn't play. Yeah. Oh. Because because Luke because Ryan Toby's Mason's going to come in and say, Toby Dyer, you're back in as the back two. I would expect that because yeah. he knows Dyer, he knows Toby, and he's going to say, Regulon, Arie, you're my you're my you're my fullbacks. Tanganga, be ready to go in if we need you. But that's Question. my best back four defenders. I'm going to pick my best four quality back four defenders. Yeah. Question yes, for you, Austin. Because you were saying the if you went with a 4-3-3, you play Bale on that right wing. Why don't you play him? For you, why wouldn't you play him in a 4-2-3-1 as your right wing? Because in a 4-2-3-1, well, you know what? Honestly, I might. Like I me, mean, if you're Ryan Mason might, and you have Gary Bale on your bench, like or on your team, like why wouldn't because you? Because that's Maybe because that for that that three and under Pochettino was always one that always rotated positions and moved around from from right to center to left and and back, and maybe Bale thinks himself as only a right sided player that doesn't want to go all the way to the left side. And yeah. our hmm. best our best time under Pochettino came with with Son Erickson and in in Delhi and the intermingling three. And they just all just kind of circled in and out from center right and left, right? And so that might be what he's thinking. And you might be thinking Bale doesn't have the legs to start. Um, He might also just look at form. Lucas has been in great form. And so it might be tough for him to come in and say, I'm going to drop Lucas, who is one of my most informed players right now. Yeah. I, I, it's tough to know what Ryan Mason's yeah. thinking. He's such an unknown quantity. This, no one knows how yeah. this is going to line up because we don't he, know how Ryan Mason coaches. <laughs> here's what I, I'm going to say. Give you like my take on what I think is going to happen. Uh, once again, this is just a guess. I think that Ryan Mason uh, is going to do a few things. I think you're spot on, Austin. There's people in this, this squad that he actually knows from playing with that he trusts that he will Deli, just slot in. Kobe. And then on, on top of that, he wants to make the fans happy. He wants to bring joy back to this fan base that he I, he he has Before seen. Before he goes back and manages the youth side, he has seen being stuff. sucked out. So there is a good chance, Chris. That I think we do see a bail instead of a Lucas. So I do think that yeah. there's there's a chance that you could see a Vinicius bail or or My, Sun starting up top, not Vinicius, and you have Sun. I'm not saying, not I'm not saying that I like it. I'm not yeah. saying that I like it. But seeing a Sun, Bale, Lucas, Delhi front four. Um, and then you have Hoiberg and Dombele, and then you have those. those Mason four. might say, "Let's go Here's, out swinging. Let's go out swinging with some attacking players and lose that way, as opposed yeah. to playing the yeah. same." Football Here's what I'm playing. thinking, and this is why I asked that question because we all know that Lucas has been in a great form, and we all kind of agree that when he's in this form, you got to ride him out. You ride him till he. You ride. You ride <laughs> the bull till it bucks you. So. Yeah. My question is, as we're because we, we all kind of thought, well, Delhi's going to come back into the squad immediately. You plug him back in, but Delhi really hasn't played a whole lot, and my, Mason's going to know that. Like you haven't you haven't seen a whole lot of minutes. You're not you may not be game sharp. So why do you not start Lucas as that ten where he's had much much more joy lately, and then put Bale to his right hand side? Or do you yeah. think that makes us too weak? You're so right, Chris. You're so right. But my thing with Delhi is, and I've been. 
I've been critical of Delhi on this podcast, and I also defended him early on in the season. My thing is, Delhi is a confidence player if there ever was one, right? He's going to see a, a, a manager leave that just shattered his confidence, and he's going to be eager to get back out there now and show Tottenham supporters, like, this, I'm still fucking the man. I'm still the guy that scored that Crystal Palace goal. I'm still the guy that scored that chip goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup. I'm still the guy that you guys love. I'm still the one that set up the miracle at Amsterdam. Like, I'm still that guy, right? I I don't think he's a player that needs form. I don't think he's a player that needs match sharpness necessarily. I think there's players like that, right, that just can turn it on when they're when – they're, like, think about Adebayor, Right? When Adebayor wanted to, when it was a contract year and he wanted to be the man, he was the said, best striker in the fucking I would have said Berbatov. <laughs> Berbatov or, or Zlatan. When they want to be, they're the man, right? Yeah. And I think Delhi's very much in that mold. When he wants to be, when he wants to be the best player in the pitch, he is. Yeah. And we, I mean, Austin, we were talking about this earlier, but I think the biggest, the biggest failure of Mourinho was his man management skills. And, you know, and he couldn't, yeah, that's clear now. He, he's finding just out more about that now. So, and, and I I've said this on the podcast. I think that it's more than just, I'll uh, give you as much credit as I possibly can give. Paul. <laughs> no, I know. I, I just think that this game has evolved for the past decade, 10, 15 years. And it's, 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 the players different are different, it. right? It's different. The players, not, you know, and you have to. Their egos, you have to coddle them. And it's not just Delhi. It's it's all across Europe. It's everywhere. Delhi's kind of more of like a symbol of the new of the new age player, but it's yeah. not just Delhi. It's it's players in general. The, the the they're not millennials anymore. They're Gen Zers, right? They're players that have grown up with social media. They've grown up with streaming video games. They've grown up with everything right at my fingertips all the time, right? They're not players that grew up in the old style of football and it, you All know, dudes have brands to watch out. Who for. was it that yeah. I heard them talking about? Oh gosh. I'm trying to remember now. It was one of the mid table clubs that said that they, they, they postpone, uh, they postpone, uh, training sessions till noon during the week because they know that their players can't wake up before 9am. Oh, it's, uh, it's, um, um, uh, I was I was watching the game too. Is it um? It's Leicester. Yeah, it was it was it was it Leicester. wasn't Brendan Rodgers. Was it Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, it's Leicester. One of them was like, these guys can't fucking wake up in the morning, so I'd rather them train from from noon to eight yeah, eight, it's, 8 p.m. It's, it's Leicester than train from nine to five. Yeah. So it's fine. We'll just shift the schedule back three hours, and then I get my best yeah. out of them. And if you look at that, that's how you manage it. You do what's best for the players. Whatever's so going to get the best performance. And so you I have think to Mar- evolve. Mourinho's stubbornness is I I don't see him managing another club, uh, but not in England, anyways. Maybe he would man- I think he would do fine as a national team coach. Yeah. Um. Anyways, long we still have Steven Bergvine. I mean, we Chris before we got on, you were saying that like. People uh, were coming for a loan or buy, and we, we said no. I mean, has he come back into the squad? I mean, he hasn't even made a bench in how long, Chris? It's been – I can't remember. It's been a while. while. Well, and we're not talking about like, are there any youth team players that Mason has actually managed that he's think, thinking no. – I don't think he tries that in this. The squad's too deep. The squad's no. too deep, I think. And maybe if this, if he inherited Pacha's squad, but this squad's too deep with play, – you have players all over the place with limited play. injuries. That's the what I would are, are that, That's the answer into, I would give to. Yeah. yeah, they're already also looking into, like, next season, I would ex- – oh, oh, wow. I just thought about that. As I'm saying that, I just realized that now we've changed managers. 
Mourinho had already said players like Devine and um, Scarlett were part of his plans for next season as first team players. So, I mean, now for them, that's kind of a up in the air, like. Just, yeah, they probably didn't believe Mourinho when he said it, to be fair. I mean, well, I'm honestly, if you go out and we'll get to this as we kind of continue things through. But if you're going to bring in a manager like Nagelsmann, uh he's probably going to look through the youth teams and look and say, well, Scarlett, I think has the biggest shout because he plays striker. I mean, yeah. mine's got a long set of players. Ahead he's of got a long yeah. list of people in front of him. So, I mean, and we also remember like, you know, Mason played with Lamella. I mean, Mason's mm-hmm. played with a lot of these players. A lot of these players. We've Lamella's not going are, anywhere. Are unless there's a, yeah, like, Lamella, saying, like, he, who knows if, he's, who, who knows if he gets a start or, I mean, we, there's just no guessing. I do think, we will see a shakeup in this starting lineup. Yeah. On on Wednesday. I um, would guess Delhi comes back in. Okay. That that's my big guess is that Delhi comes back in the starting lineup. My thing is like with um, now that we know. There but maybe so Mason many... tells him to to shave the Fu Manchu. <laughs> Hopefully. Now that we know there were so many man management yeah. issues behind the scenes. Come on now. <laughs> it makes me wonder if that's why, like that's why we weren't seeing Bale. And it wasn't an issue of fitness. It wasn't an issue of injury. It was literally just, a, I didn't want this guy here. They threw this guy at me. Now I don't want him to be here. And he's taking up minutes from the players I want. You know, so. honestly, Chris, you had this theory a long time ago. And I think there's more credence to it than forever. I don't think he wanted Bale to be the savior. No, he wanted to be the savior. Yeah, he, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't want to give Levy the, the, the props for bringing in a world-class you know, goal scorer. Bale score has scored 10 goals for us. He's our third highest goal scorer of the season. <laughs> with and his few minutes of his paltry no minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't want Bale to be the savior because he wasn't a Bale guy. It's a shame. And, you know, uh, last thing, and then we need to go on because there's so much news to talk about. But here's <laughs> the thing is we have a game on Wednesday, and we also have to remember – what four days later we have a cup final and so there has we to have be no idea what's happening there, there <laughs> no to, clue what's there going has on to here. be some sort of rotation too <laughs> so he has to think of that as well we know kane won't be there on wednesday but some of these players he's going to want to make sure are fresh because this right. is our chance for and we play a southampton side you. that like is in really bad form too so it's like what do we yeah, I don't know, man. I get a run out. I mean, like, this... you use Southampton to get a good game plan set up for Man City. You run out the players that you want to play that game. You rotate out the players that you think can't last the full 90 that you definitely need 100% rested for Sunday. That's exactly how you play this. It's the only way to do it. For I mean, if we're, if we're game planning for City, it's going to be 11 men behind the ball the whole time against Southampton. So I, hopefully, hopefully we don't. <laughs> no. Well, to I be fair, to be fair, we, we don't do, play but... for another week. We don't play again until the Saturday after the Caribou Cup final. So we could play the same team two games in a row and still give everybody a week off until we play um, Sheffield. And Sheffield are officially relegated and have yeah. nothing to play I for. I, so like, I don't think you can. I don't think we're gonna go eleven men behind the ball at City. I think I hope we go out and play an attacking game with Mason as manager. We'll see if that's actually. And I, um, I think what I'm. I guess what I'm getting at is I think we'll have a better idea of what his game plan will be when we play Sam, Southampton. We'll see a better well, image of what kind of manager he is. So that that might be a good transition, Colin, because I was going to say the same thing. Like, we don't have any idea what the game plan for, for City is because we have no idea what Mason's going to do on Wednesday. This is this this is the exact amount of, like, just 
anxiety I felt when Sherwood took over because it was like, who is this guy? Well, it's even more because it's like if you gave Sherwood a cup final in his first week. Yeah. Like like Sherwood played Kyle Walker as a center mid. Let's not forget that. He played Kyle Walker. He played him as right mid. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, guys, we're 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 we're, uh, we're gonna do this quick preview of the Southampton game, and then we're gonna preview City, and then we're gonna move on. I was gonna skip right past Southampton and go straight to City. Uh, Give me both of you guys. Give me a starting lineup for uh, Southampton. (laughs) What? How are we supposed to give a starting lineup? We have no clue. All right. Yeah, it's the joy. I'm of throwing this. it out there. Starting yeah. lineup oh, against Southampton. Um, I'm gonna take y'all's back line because uh, uh, Darty and Davies are both still out, so just write them off. Um, I'm gonna go Tanganga starts at the right back for Southampton. He's he's, he's managed. He's coached. And then time. we'll stick with uh, probably we're just gonna go back to Dyer and Olivareld, but. Somebody might get subbed out on that with Regulon on the left because there's not really another option. Um, Hoybier and Domblay, Lacelso in the middle. <laughs> Danny Rose, 100 pounds, <laughs> overweight, wanders back into the locker room. Um, Danny Rose with a keg around his belly makes the bench. I prob- Actually, you're probably right. I'm going to go Hoybier and Domblay and Ali in the midfield for midfield three. But I think we end up seeing Bale, Kane, Son up top. Kane's not playing. Or not Kane. I mean Vinicius up top. And I think Bale comes off for Lucas. Or Lucas starts Lamella. and Bale comes on for him. Like, uh, no, I, I, Lamella can come in and go on the left-hand side as well. Like, I, I think yeah. those wings are going to rotate. But I think you're going to see a preliminary of what he wants to see against City. And you're going to see certain players get subbed off at like 60 or 70 minutes so that they don't run out their legs. But I okay. think you're going to see a preliminary lineup for what he what he's going to want against City because I think that's smart. You have to you have to see you have to put who you think you're going to start against City out. I agree. Get a good that's great. It's a great lineup. point because you only get one you only get one preview. Yeah. Like he only, he you only gets one, one shot run, before you play City. And you're in. It's, it's not going to. So, Austin, <laughs> uh, what, how do you differ from Chris here? The back line, I, I agree on. I think it's going to be a midfield. Over Ari? No, 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 no. Sorry, I don't agree. I think it'll be Ari, not Tanganga. Um, although I can see why he would start Tanganga because he's, he's he's managed him right in the, in the youth squad. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to be Ari, Alderweireld, Dyer, Regulon in the back four. I actually think it will be Lo Celso, Hoybier, and, and Dombele for the reason that you just said that we have to see what they can do. Um and 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 Delhi might be the sub, um, but because we don't know if Kane will be healthy or not for the League Cup final, we know he won't be here for Wednesday, and we don't know if he'll be back for the League Cup final. I think he's going to trot out a front three that he thinks might have to start the League Cup final, and I think that's actually Bale Venetia's son. I don't think he probably wants to start Venetia's, but he should be smart enough to know that Sun has never shined as a front like number nine. Sun gets gets boxed out of the game. So it's not his that's not his skill set. It's just not. And he needs to be out wide. He needs to be out wide to make runs off the ball and to and to find space and bailed his best out wide. And then that way you have Lucas and and um you know Lamella to come off the bench. Um, and I think you'll see Scarlett on the bench on Wednesday for that reason, is that he wants 
he's the interim manager. He wants a he wants someone that know that's been trained to play as a number nine, not someone who's filling in as a number nine. Yeah, I think you'll see Delhi, Lucas, Lamella as the attacking subs in that case. Um, you know, everyone. I, I can see a reason why you would say Winks would, would would fit in here, but I think he's also smart enough to know that Winks is our fourth or fifth best center mid. Um, so I, I would see, I would think Lacelso and Domble and Hoyberg would start in a midfield three because he knows those are our best three players and he needs to get them working. That that would be my guess. But I could be very far off. We could all be. Amen. We could all be. <laughs> um, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm in the middle of, of you guys. I think Ali. I think uh, there's a good chance Delhi starts, but there's also a good I chance. I would love Delhi starts. Lo, Lo starts here. Um, I do think it's a change, so I don't think it's Lacelso. I do think it's Delhi, just because uh, of of. I think I think he's wanting to get the fans back on track. I imagine if Delhi re- gets reinvigorated, right? That's the thing, and I think that that's what he's hoping for. Do I think it's going to happen? I have no idea. I love Delhi. <laughs> I, 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 I hope it, I hope it happens. But I think Delhi scores the goal, runs over Ryan Mason, they hug, like yeah. you get that whole meme in the first game back. Like I don't want to be a. If that player. happens, I'm um, claiming um, you know psychic abilities. By the way. Okay, I'll let you do, I'll let you do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, so predictions on score here. Chris, what you got? 3-1 uh, Spurs. <laughs> Austin? 2-1 uh, with a late Delhi game winner. Wow. I'm going to go 2-0 uh, Spurs as well. Um, so we're all predicting the new manager bounce at least, like some some oomph. Come on, we have to get a new manager bounce, right? I, like, we're the only team who never gets a new manager bounce. Yeah. Sherwood got one. Uh, Sherwood has the best best points per game <laughs> ratio of any Spurs manager <laughs> in the past thirty years. Oh, good God, Tim Sherwood! Why <laughs> is that man giving his job? But okay. <laughs> All right, time to preview this uh, City game. You know, we have a cup final against uh, City. It's our first chance to lift a trophy in 13 years. And the good news is, is City is not in the best form at the moment. Um, it's not our first chance to lift it. They're our, just our slightly. First, our first, our first we, we haven't won a final in 13 years. It's it our is, chance this, to, this win, to lift chance our to first trophy, trophy in 13 years. There you go. Okay. Uh, and so <laughs> who, what, do we, uh, what do we think here? I mean, um, we kind of discussed that, you know, Chris, you said it has to be a warm-up game here in the sense of, of a lineup perspective. Are you kind of going with the same lineup on Sunday? I'm going to stick with a very, if not the same, a very, very similar lineup with maybe one, maybe two changes. But... Um, I, the other thing that I think that Ryan Mason's going to go with and that any manager in his shoes would go with is he's going to go with the experience. And that's why I think Gareth Bale ends up back in this team for the, for the duration until the end of the season is because he's going to go with players who know the premier league, who know how to score goals, who know, who aren't going to panic in certain situations, particularly cup finals. And we all know that Gareth Bale loves himself a cup final. So, (laughs) Oh Yeah. I don't think I I don't see I don't see a world where Ryan Mason comes into this team with Gareth Bale, who he came up with sitting on the bench, watching these games from the sidelines like he was with Mourinho. I think now that we've been through all this, we know that Mourinho was man was mismanaging Bale and that it wasn't the other way around as we had been kind of led to believe so. I think Bale is going to be is going to be a main a fixture 
towards the end of the season. And I see a very similar lineup to what I predicted against Southampton coming out against City because I just think that consistency for a young manager, a caretaker, is going to be crucial to him having some sort of success towards the end of the season. It may not – It. I mean, if you're a 29-year-old manager coming in and managing Spurs, this is a springboard. This is your chance. This is your, your opportunity to get another job. So, I mean – yeah. Or secure off. an assistant job. Or, first. yeah, you yeah. secure yourself as not a, a youth team manager anymore, but an assistant for the next person coming in. Austin, what you got here? What do you think? Same kind of lineup that you predicted here? You think Lobo Celso gets the start again um, on Sunday? Or you think there's a rot- little bit of rotation coming into the well, City matchup? I don't think there's going to be much rotation. I think if unless the, the team on Wednesday fails miserably, I think that's what you're going to mainly see on Sunday. But I think what Chris is saying about Bale is, is spot on, that Mason Mason was a youth team player when Bale was a superstar at Spurs. Like, he hasn't forgotten that. He knows what Bale's quality is, and I think he wants to put Bale in a position to succeed. He actually I would be said shocked. not long before all of this happened, he was actually in an interview where he was like, all this stuff, this crazy stuff that you're used to seeing Bale do, this is all stuff he was consistently doing in practice. Like, if yeah. you think he's this good in an 11 v 11 Premier League game, imagine what that guy can do in a five-a-side game at practice. He's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And so, so what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is, what I'm hoping is, is that Ryan Mason understands that where we've been losing battles in every competition for the past two years is our midfield. He's a midfielder by trade, is he not? Yeah, correct. Right. Center mid. He knows that Pochettino's first year, we were on the ascendancy because him and Bentaleb worked well together, but the really good teams knew how to split them apart. And that our team really took the next step forward under Pochettino when Dembele stepped into that midfield. I'm hoping. We haven't had a manager that has properly understood the midfield for a while now, since Redknapp, I would argue. And I, I would hope that Ryan Mason, a midfielder by trade, someone that almost died on the pitch being a midfielder, would understand that you have to dominate the middle of the pitch to dominate the game. And our best chance of doing that is playing Hoybier and Ndombele and Lo Celso. That's our best chance. And that midfield three allows you to play a front three where just so happens one of your other best players, Gareth Bale, can play as a right winger and not have to have as much defensive duties. That's my hope. That's my hope. I have no idea if it's going to happen. I have, I have literally zero chance of knowing if that happens. But I would hope that a center mid by trade and Ryan Mason would understand that we have lost consistently the midfield battle for the last two and a half seasons. And that we have to start a midfield three of a – and if Delhi's in there instead of Lucelso, fine. If he can get Delhi to do defensive work like he did under Pochettino sometimes – I'm fine with that too, but we need a midfield three. We need a strong midfield, especially against a Manchester City that is going to be without De Bruyne. Is going to start their second choice keeper in 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 goal that we've already we've already been told it's going to happen, which is a signal to me that they're starting a B team. Yeah, well, they played PSG on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Exactly, yeah. that's if, a signal if, to if, me if, if they're still in the Champions League. Yeah, if well, we'll get to that in a minute. 
But if they're starting their backup keeper, that's a signal to me they're starting their backup team. So we have a chance to dominate this midfield. And I think Ryan Mason's going to take that by the script. That's why I think he'll start that midfield three on Wednesday and give them a good number of minutes and maybe sub one of them off to save their legs. The but that's my thing hope. Is, like, what are his other options? You really Sissoko think any, and Winks. You, you really think any manager is going to step in here and say, Ndombele, Winks, and uh, Suzuka are my starting midfield well, three? Yeah, exactly. Like, it, I, it, no exactly, manager in their Colin, right man would come in and do that. Colin, <laughs> you, you, your position is that, that, that Ryan Mason wants to give us joy again. Do you think us seeing Winks or Sissoko on the pitch gives any fans joy? I think there's zero shot we see Sissoko. I think there's a small chance we see Winks. Uh, yeah, and I think, maybe. I think, I, I honestly, I don't, I think Winks and Los Celso are probably even with, with a shot. I think Los It's Celso, possible because Los Celso's current yeah. form in his legs is possible. Yeah. I just think, I think, I think Delhi is a clear on favor to get a start Wednesday because of, of, what that can God. inject How the fan base. I would be great to see Delhi and Domble and Hoybeard. Yeah. Delhi and Domble I don't know that I don't know that, that I don't know if that would work. I'm just saying I agree with you, Austin. Uh this city game is uh is a crucial but even their B team is, is world class. Their so. B team's world class. <laughs> their but, B team but, is but, scary, but if we so. have any chance against them, we can't sit behind the ball. We don't have the talent to do that. No. We have to try to win the midfield. That's yeah. my concern is I don't think 11 behind the ball. I, I get why teams would want to do that. But, uh, I mean, we were just handed a blueprint on how to beat them. And we'll see if, um, if anybody Chelsea takes just beat notice. them in the, in the FA Cup, yeah. right? We'll, we'll see if, if anybody takes notice on, on how they were By beaten. the way, it would be phenomenal if we beat City in the League Cup final, if, and that's a very small percent chance. And the ESL ends up kicking them out of the Champions League. That after all this talk of a quadruple, all they're left with is a league is a league title that they've won with like eight games to remain. That would yeah. be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, you know, this is a huge match on Sunday, guys. I, I, I can remember the last final that I watched, uh, other than the, the Champions League final. Um, and I, I've yet to I've yet to see Tottenham lift a trophy. So for me, this is huge. Uh, as a supporter, I went with Dallas Spurs to both the League Cup final and Champions League final and watched us lose both with yeah. my buddy Jordan. He will not be watching with me, so hey, we have better. I watched the League Cup <laughs> final with you against Chelsea. Um, yep, you did. And then uh, I was in North Carolina when that uh, Champions League final um, came about. So yeah, I mean, this is huge. This is one of those things that I will. Uh, I'll actually be out of town, but I will make sure I'm at a bar somewhere <laughs> at 10:30 in the morning. Where are you going? I'll be in Wichita Falls. I'm going back home to visit family. Um, oh, that's nice. Okay. So, uh, but <laughs> there's but no Wichita Falls Spurs Spurs Sports group. I don't think no, so. I don't think so. And there's I like four think, people and, in. And it. I'm pretty sure you can't drink until. Uh, oh, it's ten. Okay. Okay. We're good. Uh, I will find. A, I will find. I will find a bar, and I'll have a buddy with me, and we will uh, be drinking and watching Tottenham. Um, and it's huge. I mean, like I said, I just have never seen us lift a trophy. Um, Chris, I know you have been blessed right. enough to have, like, have have watched us lift a few trophies, uh, but Austin, you haven't one seen trophy, a few trophies. right? I've seen one. Oh, oh 2008 League Cup we, final, is yeah, it? Yeah, I've right? seen the okay. 2008 League Cup final. Okay. That's it. Yeah, we, saw, we got the the. She uh, wasn't watching in '91 when we won the FA Cup. What about no. the Audi Cup? We won the Audi Cup. I've seen us lift the Audi Cup, which Suzuko lifted. I could have knocked it out of his hand. <laughs> um. So let's do productions here. First off, before we do that, any any is there any way we see Sissoko start Wednesday or Sunday? God no. I hope I don't see Sissoko even on the bench. No, okay. I would for the rest of the year. U twenty threes. Chris. Silly sold. 
You're first, man. Predictions here for Sunday. What you got, score wise? <laughs> oh God. Okay, look, it's a cup final. I can't predict a Spurs loss. I'm gonna go one nil Spurs. <sighs> Shut out against City. <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be it's the gonna Mason be one Master- nil. Hot new, we'll, we'll call it the Mason Masterclass. Let's uh, go, go ahead, ahead and say it's not gonna be a one nil pretty win. Like it's gonna be one nil where we get. It's gonna be a FIFA one nil where we get two shots on goal and one of them creeps in. And then so every the rest time we beat the, City, in other yeah, words, it's essentially yeah. just like the game we, we won two nil at home. And the rest of the game shots. is or the City time we won before that, or the time we won one nil in the Champions League. And yeah. there's going to be some dodgy offside call where they score and think that they've brought it level, and then it gets called back or something like. You ready? It's you be ready for? Season. You ready for this? You ready for this? Yeah. Calling your ass for my prediction, right? Four nil. Three three. We win in penalties. Ryan Mason's going out like red nap, baby. We're gonna. It's gonna be a three-three just slugfest, and we'll somehow win in penalties. Okay. Uh, I have. I can't a, predict. A, I can't predict a loss. I, I have. A, I have a, a caveat here. I think if if Kane doesn't play, we lose this game um, by two goals. Uh, if Kane can play, I think that we 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 win two-one. Um, <laughs> that is okay. All right. I just think if Kane that, doesn't if Kane doesn't play, we get destroyed. If Kane plays, look. we win narrowly. Yeah, I, I see think your Kane, logic Kane, there. Kane is that important to the squad. I mean, I oh, no, absolutely. If Kane doesn't play, I don't think... The man single-handedly tried to win our last game for us on his own, and yeah. damn near did it. So, he did. Uh, but the he came was, a the half op- an inch op- away. The optimism, optimist in me says that Kane will be at least 75%, and that's enough for him to play. And, uh, you know, with the, with the new manager bounce, I think we can win this game too. You don't think Bale can win it on his own? No. I know. That, that, that was quick and to the point. I honestly, it had had Bale been managed for better for the rest of the season, I Maybe. think he probably could. But he was managed yeah. poorly. Yeah. And now we know I, that. I will. I'm 100% willing to admit I was completely wrong. I thought Mourinho was managing him better, and it turns out that that was not the case. It's okay. I think a lot of people. I mean, I think you're not the only one. A lot of people have been wrong about Mourinho, including myself, including all of us when we sat here on this podcast and said we're going to win the league. So We uh, were top of the league for a month. <laughs> but it's I, okay. just, I only said that at your request, Colin. I only ever said we're going to win the no, league. No, 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 no. Uh, I was pressured into saying that. That's not true at all. It's not that's true. Not, it's that's not true at all. Uh, I was, we gotta I was, I was seduced by the Mourinho way I was seduced. We have some very uh, some more important news to get through um, and then uh, we got to wrap this up. So there is a huge, huge news, breaking news. Austin, I'm going to let you take this here um, to kind of lead us into what has been uh, developing over the past, you know, uh, what has it been, 36 hours, essentially, uh, yep. since the news broke. Um, so go ahead and t- kind of tell us what, what's going on, what should we know, what's been confirmed, what hasn't been confirmed, what's, what's speculation, uh, what's going on? So um, there were some some rumors leaking uh, late Sunday. So for um, this is all American Eastern time is, is the timeline I'm giving you here. Uh, Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, and it's very interesting. This is all done in conjunction with American Prime Time, just so everyone knows. Um, that's that's a side of the story here. Uh, Sunday afternoon, American time, that um, something was something was big was going to be announced by 12 big European clubs. And it was said that it was going to happen at 530 Eastern and it was actually 630 Eastern. 
and all uh, 12 clubs simultaneously with the same exact message. So an hour before that, they actually all removed their pinned post uh, from Twitter. And then simultaneously, the big six in England, which is United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, uh, the top three clubs in Italy, which is Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and the top three clubs in Spain, which is Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid, all simultaneously gave the same exact statement that 12 clubs in Europe have announced that they will join, they will form a, Euro, a European Super League um, in Europe that is separate from the UEFA Champions League. It did not say that they were breaking away from their domestic cups or domestic leagues. It just said that they were hoping to work with UEFA in the future and hoping to work with uh, their domestic leagues. Very, very quickly after that, all of the domestic leagues, UEFA, and virtually 99% of fans uh, all vehemently gave backlash to this, saying that they do not support the Super League. Here's what's important to know. If the Super League were to go forward, it would de- it would basically destroy the domestic leagues if they weren't part of them. And even if they were part of them, it would it would really hurt the domestic leagues as well. It would end the Champions League as we know it. Um, and UEFA would lose a huge sum of money. Champions League is their biggest form of revenue. It gives them revenue every single year. It's their biggest yearly uh, source of revenue. Their European competition, uh, European championships, the international football is a big source of revenue, but it's only every four years. UEFA does not want to miss out on this, on this, on this revenue, and they give revenue to the other leagues as well, as far as I know. The other leagues don't want this to happen because it's going to be a closed organization. So the way that this was announced was that the 12 teams I just mentioned, plus a possibility of three to six more who would be founding members, I'm doing air quotes, would have guaranteed membership to this league. It would not be a relegation and a promotion system. It would not be a merit-based system. It would basically be a closed league the way the NFL is, the way the NBA is, or maybe most American leagues are. Remember that I mentioned that this was announced on American primetime timeline on Sunday evening. This was not announced like most news that breaks in Europe on the morning or middle of the day European time. This was announced primetime Sunday. Most or a good amount of the owners of these clubs that have been mentioned have the American owners. And the money that backs this Super League with five billion, that's with a B, five billion U.S. dollars, is J.P. Morgan Chase, which is the biggest American bank there is. That has a net revenue, or a, sorry, not a net revenue, a revenue earnings sheet that they post on their earnings sheet of three trillion dollars. J.P. Morgan Chase has already said that they would give four hundred and thirty million dollars or three hundred fifty million pounds to each of these twelve clubs up front. Up front and take their cut on the back end. This is real money from from one of the most wealthiest banks in the world for 12 of the most wealthy clubs in the world that have all banded together and said, 
we do not appreciate what the UEFA has done, what UEFA has done with the Champions League for the past twenty years, making us play games that don't mean anything, make loading the competition, um, and not giving a fair revenue cut based on who is bringing revenue in. That's what the Super League teams are saying. And even though and, – and, and the new Champions League format has been a new thorn in the side, plus COVID-19 hurting the Super Club's revenue has basically created a perfect storm where this is the time for these clubs to break away and say, we don't want to play Farmers from Romania anymore. We don't want to play Malmo. We don't want to be guaranteed two matches at home every season against teams that have tiny little fan bases. We want to play the best of the best all year long and we want to have those streaming rights. We want to have those TV, that TV revenue. We want to have that content. And so that that's, that's the way that the, the, the situation lies right now. UEFA is threatening to ban these clubs from UEFA competitions and the, the, the premier league and other FAs are threatening to ban these clubs from domestic competitions. They're saying that the players can be banned from international competitions like the European Championships and like World Cup, although it's very nebulous whether or not that would actually happen. And they're pulling out all the big guns to try to prevent this from happening. I was talking to my brother who actually doesn't understand football that well, but he very well understands finance. He's a finance guru, and he very well understands big organizations. He works for one of the biggest organizations in the world. And he basically summed it up like this when I mentioned that to him. That's a lot of carrot and no, or that's a lot of stick and no carrot. And you only break out those negotiation tactics when you have no leverage. Yeah. The way this works out is that UEFA, FIFA knows this, but they're going to stay out of it. UEFA and the leagues know they have no leverage. What is a Premier League without the top six? What is Champions League without Real Madrid and Barcelona and Juventus and Manchester United and Manchester City? They know their revenue's at stake, and they are scared. Fans are upset because it's change, and it means a merit, not a non-merit-based participation in the biggest um, cup there is. It's hard to know where to fall on this. Um, I'm going to stop there since I gave a review. I'm not going to give my thoughts on what I think, whether it's good or bad. But that's the best review I can give, and I hope that wasn't too long-winded. No, it's it's no, <laughs> that's excellent. It it's perfect. I think, um, you know, my first take on it was um, I was against it. Um, I was against it because um, the 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 Dinamo Zagrebs of the world wouldn't get the chance to knock the Tottenham's out of a, of, a, of a competition. I grant that's the Europa League, but let's let's take it to the next level. Um, Ajax a few years ago um, on their runs to the semifinals. I mean they. Technically, they outplayed us for 135 minutes of that semifinal. Um, like so, those teams are now essentially getting the shaft and not having uh, the chance to compete uh, at the highest level of glory. Um, but with that being said, Austin, you made a great point, and I'd like for you to make that point on the podcast earlier. Um, uh, you made a great point earlier. I want you to make that point right now on the podcast about the the UCL semifinalists and finalists. So um, if you want to read that text message, or, or I can. Um, no, I got you. Well, I, I crunched the numbers earlier. Um, if you go back in the last 20 years, 
of the United of the UEFA Champions League, and you, you look at the ECL or the Europa Super League uh, twelve teams plus the five teams that they um, are rumored to want to invite, which include three German teams: Bayern Munich, Dortmund, and RB Leipzig. Uh, Paris, uh, PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, and uh, Porto. So those 17 clubs. If you look at the past 20 years, 86% of the semifinalist spots have been taken up by those 17 clubs. And you might be thinking, okay, a bunch of those clubs have only had a couple, one or two semifinalist appearances. That's fine. If you look at the top six clubs as far as semifinalist appearances go, which would be Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Those six clubs, three English clubs, a German club, and the top two Spanish giants. 60% of the semifinalists of the past 20 years have been those six clubs. If you look at the at the domestic leagues for the Premier League, only two of the uh, two teams in the last 30 years have come from outside of those ESL clubs that have won the Premier League. In La Liga, only two winners in the past 20 years have come from outside of those three Spanish clubs. Three, if you count the Premier League era, because Deportivo La Corona had the one random season. In the Serie A, only Roma has won the Serie A in the past 30 years. And that is outside the top three, those three clubs that I mentioned in the Serie A. There is no parity in soccer. There already is no parity in soccer because of financial doping. The financial power of these clubs already make it to where you don't have an equal list of teams that actually can win it. Yeah, Ajax is going to win, is going to get to a final. But you know what? Do you know how many clubs outside of the ESL have made a semifinal in the past 20 years? Nine. Actually, eight clubs, but only nine occurrences. Leon has done it twice. Only nine clubs in the past 20 years. Only nine times in the past 20 years has a club actually made a semifinal. So that's nine out of 80 chances has a club outside of those ESL clubs made a semifinal. We already are in a system where the super clubs dominate everything. So I don't know what we're trying to protect. That's that's kind of what I by crunching the numbers. That's kind of what you see. I mean, we already are in a system, right, where all the yeah. super clubs are there, anyways. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. So Chris, I'm going to ask you, um, what what you know? There's a lot of there's a lot still developing here, um, with only 12 teams having been confirmed. There's some very obvious names that have been left out. Very obvious clubs have been left out. Yeah. Uh, and, and by left out, I mean have not confirmed. Yeah, they just uh, haven't the top, been invited, but maybe, but haven't said yes or the, no. The top yes. of my mind, uh, the ones that have said no, or haven't confirmed yes, are Bayern, um, who is a powerhouse, PSG, who is a powerhouse, and uh, Dortmund. Um, you can say Leipzig, but I would I, I would leave them on the outs. Um, I so those them as a powerhouse just yeah. yet, but. Yeah, from a so financial they're like Spurs. They're kind of yeah, like yeah. Spurs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those three teams, um, surely, if the other twelve uh, commit, and this is a real thing, those three teams fall in line, right? For me, it. 
and, and this is my thing. A lot of this is very. It, it depends on the team, and it depends on the the structure of their league and whether or not their owner. Like you also have to remember that Byron and Dortmund are also clubs that are very much more. Uh, their ownership is much closer to their fan base, as in the fan base has vested interest in the ownership. So I think that may play into why you haven't seen Bayern and Dortmund just dive on into this. Now, if this gets off the ground, yeah, they're going to want to go be a part of it. Otherwise, they're going to get quickly left behind by the amount of money that the that the other clubs that are in the ESL bring in. Um, but uh, PSG... Another one that, like, this was a club that a few years ago was nobody. They were, like, they were just a basic-ass club. And then now all of a sudden they, they've got this infusion of oil cash, so now they've got all this money, so now they're a super club. I don't know much about how their ownership structure is built, but I know it's very different from the way Bayern and Dortmund are run, and it's not as uh, – it's not near the fan base structure that – that those clubs have. So I think that explains why Bayern and Dortmund haven't jumped in immediately. Leipzig is a, a giant corporation, so they'll fall in the line as soon as they get a solidified invite, I, I would think. And PSG, honestly, uh, to throw some shade at it, I, I think that if they were to be handed a Champions League right now, they would immediately turn around and say, cool, we've got our Champions League. Um, we're going to go join the ESL now. Y'all have a good weekend. And that would be it. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, this is a crazy development <laughs> in soccer. This, this, this is bigger than, um, you know, just, this is bigger than just news. I mean, when Austin was broke, I was like, no way it happens. And it's catching more and more steam uh, by the hour. Well, the, th- the thing is, Colin, JP Morgan Chase does not throw three billion dollars or commit three billion dollars and publicly say that they are they've got if, unless it's unless it's legit yeah i mean and, and here's the thing if you notice they say they say oh i'm pretty far away aren't i they say three to five billion dollars do you know why they say that because they're leaving room for three to five more clubs that they want to invite they're yeah. saying that there's a certain amount they're giving per club and they're waiting to see if those extra invited clubs join or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make no mistake. There's money to be made here. Like if if we're all sitting here crying, money, not and, just money that to be made, but money that dwarfs yeah any there's, other money that's already being made money, by clubs, like, right? The moment that this becomes a real thing, I mean, these clubs hold all of the. They already hold all the cards, but. I mean, the money that they're bringing in, that this league, this league could bring in, dwarfs Champions League, dwarfs EPL, dwarfs everything. There's nothing even close to it. So, Have you all seen what Florentino Perez has said in response to questions about this? Oh, he's still talking, isn't he? <laughs> he was asked about, hey, if, 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 if players of your clubs can't play in the World Cup, what do you do? He literally said, we'll create our own World Cup. For this kind of money, yeah. He yeah. he said things like we will you know we, we'll shorten the game from 90 minutes down to a a, a time that 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 you know millennial viewers can focus on. He is he's literally saying we will change the game however we need to change it, and it it's because powerful. it's because these clubs hold the cards and they're flexing their power. They waited to flex their power until it was optimal timing. I don't love it. 
I don't like it. I don't want things to change. But I can see why expanding the Champions Leagues to four more teams and making a 10-game league structure where you have to adjust the schedule even more and five of those games at least are going to be against teams that you don't want to fucking play are going to piss off the super teams. Like, UEFA has some... Like, everyone's acting like these teams, like these 12 teams are the ones to blame. UEFA and the and the FAs are just as much to blame. UEFA tried to do financial fair play, right? Because we're going to try to... We're going to equal the financial playing field. What happened when Manchester City egregiously violated those financial fair play rules? Yeah. They flexed their lawyers. They said, oh, never mind. Never mind. You still can come into our camp, our, our, our tournament. Don't worry yeah. about it. We'll still let you in. UEFA is just as complicit in this because they are so horribly running corrupt. Yeah. So that's why I don't feel – I feel bad for fans that don't want to see this. But I don't feel bad for UEFA. I don't feel bad for the FAA. I don't feel bad for the Premier League or yeah. Serie A or any of them. I, I feel bad for teams like Leicester and teams that have actually built a, a club, a fan base. Leicester, oh, God. Leicester have worked so hard, right? They've worked, they've run their club so well and scouted players so well, yeah. like, repeatedly for, like, eight years now. And, and here's the crazy thing, you know, so for, uh, for us, uh, Chris, I'll let you hop okay. in one second. Yeah, but for us... Good. For us, it's just crazy to think that, like, we're involved in this. Like, as a Tottenham fan, like, we are included in this. Hitting the nail on the head, Colin. Hitting the nail on the head. I mean, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have been included in this. We would have been left out. I'm not, which I'm, is why, which is why, when fans are saying Levy is an evil person and Enoch, Enoch is Enoch needs to leave, like, are you kidding me? Enoch took our club from a mid-table, like. Newcastle setting to being in one of the 12 okay. best teams in Europe. One of the 12 say, most valuable teams in Europe that are actually polite. <laughs> mid table is like, being polite. <laughs> we were a Southampton. We were, we were a, we were a, you know, Leeds. We were not even Leeds back then. Leeds were better than us back then. When Enoch took over, we were a team that we didn't know if we were going to be fighting relegation or challenging for top eight. We didn't know. And now we're a top 12 team in Europe that's invited to this table. Are you kidding me? Now, caveat. I don't know if either of you saw this report. The Premier League needs a 75%. 75% of the Premier League teams have to vote in it, in, to, to expel a team from the Premier League. It just so happens that 75% is 15 of the 20 teams. So if you have six teams that are all in agreement, it's impossible to have 75% of the teams vote you out. Yeah. So it's possible that we were that Huckleberry, that, that, Levy, that Levy knew, like, hey, if we become the sixth team, like, we're that Huckleberry. Yeah. But regardless, Enoch positioned us here. Like, how crazy yeah. is that? Yeah. I, just, I think, Austin, we were talking about it earlier, and I think you made a good point, that Levy, I think – I mean, let's let's not pretend like the ESL has been one of those things that just came in in the last couple of months. This has been something that's been talked about since like the since the Premier League really came into being since the late 90s. At least the late 90s, right? At least that, the, late 90s. That the ESL has been a thing that's been talked about. And at first it was like eight teams and now it's like 16 to 20 and it's a whole nother thing. So, I mean, it, it stands to reason that. The moment Levy bought this team, the moment Joe Lewis and Enoch got involved, they saw what was coming. 
they said, we're going to build this team. We're going to get it to a certain point to make sure that when this happens, we're at the table. We're in position to at least be in here as one of the bigger clubs making these decisions. And so basically, Leicester is doing great right now. We basically got a 10-year head start on what they did. And if that's true, how fucking crazy is it that they pulled that off? They got a steroid push when they hit the lead. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's different between us and, I mean, Joe Lewis is not a poor man. This is one of the richest people in the world. He just is not a, a an Abramovich. He is not a an oil money. He's just like, a ho hum one or two billionaire. That's it. yeah. He has ho-hum. about eight billion dollars. He could be an Abramovich if he wanted to, but it's not really his thing, and that's not what they want to do. So I get all that, whatever. But to get back on point, like it's just it's crazy that we're being invited to this table, but it's not crazy to think that Enix saw this coming and said. We need to do whatever we can to get ourselves in position so when this does happen, we can be well, part of the conversation. And Colin, I want to ask you this. If you're Daniel Levy and you saw this coming, either you saw this coming or halfway through, like in two, at late 2000s, you saw it coming. And you're invited to the table. Like it's irresponsible as the chairman of Spurs to not join, right? He has to do it. This yeah. isn't an option. This isn't a decision to be made. This is this is you have to do it. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If yeah. you don't go into the ESL, you're going to get you're going to be stuck in the Premier League with a stadium that you can't pay for. Yeah. Colin, I, I was asking you. Yeah. So do, no, do you agree? I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough as a fan because if if I was a Leicester fan, I'd be livid. I'd be livid. Even though even though I could qualify because they're saying that you know five teams could qualify based on their um, their domestic leagues, so there are teams that will be brought in. But if you're if you're in, you're in, right? So like we can't not. Oh, we finished twentieth in the ESL. We're still in. Here's the thing with Leicester being ticked off about this, and I just they got a say, sugar rush. They got a sugar rush because they I'm, they left into the league yeah, one year. I'm crazy against this because they from were an almost relegated from I the Premier it's, League it's the year before. Uh, Le- it's not even that Leicester is almost relegated. Leicester have been a bouncing around team between the Premier League and the Championship for their entire history. They have been crap. They had one good run that was one in a million. They've been able to live off that run for a long time because they were managed correctly post. But they let's have not done pre- a good job managing it post. Let's not pretend like prior to that championship run, everybody was thinking Leicester was building this great uh, team. Not they only weren't. that, but I said that they were almost relegated because they had one of the greatest escapes of all time. Yeah, the season before up. that. They barely made. And then they to went to the then they went to Asia and had to fire players for racial uh for racial like like yeah it's, racial harassment. I get it. Like if you're a Leicester fan and you're thinking, but we won a title, so we should be in there instead of Spurs. Uh, yeah, okay, but at the same time, we've never been to the championship. We've never seen not the Premier League. Yes, we've come. Arsenal close. and Spurs are Arsenal, Spurs, and AC Milan are the teams that I think. Well, and really Inter. I think those four teams are all on the equal footing of not been so great lately. Although Inter is going to win titles this year. So but, I get that. 
But, but Spurs have been on an upward trajectory for over a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenal have been a traditional powerhouse. AC Milan, if you look in the the, the history of the, of the United Cham- uh, Champions League, they were in semifinals a lot of years. Um, and Inter Milan have won the Champions League. So I think you can all put that you know, to bed there. If you look at Champions League finalists, all of those, I mean, Porto needs to be invited to get all of the Champions League finalists the last 20 years. At the table. Yeah, yeah, and we just don't know it yet. We'll see. We'll find out. I it's mean, crazy, I think, man. Yeah, this is a developing story that we'll keep, we'll touch on uh, every week as, as Disney, we Disney's going to hop in and get all those streaming rights. I'm, I'm betting. Oh it. God, Disney's it's going to be, be Disney's going to be like, Hey, we got ESPN. Uh, we, we, we have this ready to go. Is there a timetable for this? Has they announced that? Florentino Perez said it's going to start in August. Yeah. That's crazy. It's starting immediately. Like, they are saying it's going ahead immediately. You guys don't want to It's one of two things, Colin. It's one of two things, Colin. Either they are just doing the most extreme posturing ever to get UEFA to amend their Champions League format to make it more beneficial for them, i.e., restricting the number of teams instead of expanding the number of teams and making it better matchups and giving them better distribution of the TV rights. The, the, the European Ch- uh, club association wanted to be able to negotiate the uh, TV rights and were denied it. Basically the top teams want to get a better distribution of the TV rights. That's what it's all about. Sports, sports streaming rights is the new hot commodity right now. So either that's going to happen or the, East, the ESL is going forward, and it's going to start basically this next season. Regardless, if all the FAs have pooped them from the from the from their, from their uh, competitions or not, it's clear it's clear that UEFA is going to boot them from European competitions because you can't do both. But regardless, if the Premier League boots the six clubs or not. It's going forward one way or the other. Something's either e- either UEFA there. caves or the ESL goes forward. And it's going to happen this next fall. Crazy. They said um, they're supposed to be having a an emergency meeting either now. Because I think at first they were going to push it till Friday. I think it's going to be now. I, I heard and it's going to be now. And then I saw a bunch of tweets that they were like, no, nah, they're convening like an emergency session to find out how exactly to handle this. So it seems like we're not going to have to wait very long. Who's going to find out. watch our fucking morning. Champions League with no Real Madrid or Barcelona? Who's going to watch that? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you, it's going to be a glorified champ. And they've already they expanded to a fucking conference league. It, see, that's my point with UEFA, is that they've expanded all these bullshit leagues to every farmer association that they can. And none of them mean anything. Like... Yeah, at dilu- least dilu- in the you're, 90s. You're diluting it, essentially. Yeah, you're diluting it. At least in the 90s when it was just champions and just cup winners, you had two competitions. You had a cup winners cup and you had a champions league, which is just champions, and it made sense. But the second they did the new champions league with the group stage, and they brought in all these new clubs that were like, you know, to try to placate all the teams that wanted to, wanted to seat at the table, it started a slippery slope. Like, that's my point, is that I get why fans are upset. They don't want things to change. They don't want history to change. But you're telling me Champions League didn't change shit? You're telling me dissolving the Cup Winners' Cup didn't change shit? You're telling me sign, we, we, 
our chairman at Dallas Spurs, uh, our former chairman and hopefully soon to be chairman again at Dallas Spurs, wrote a really great piece, and he and he said it in the fifties when they started the European competition, the English FA was decided not to take part for the first year because they didn't like it. For the second year, all of a sudden they were in it again, <laughs> right? They have, when the World Cup started, the English FA didn't want to take part at first because they thought they were above it. Yet they then, then they jumped in the year after. Like football changes, you either change with it or you get left behind. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't love it, but I would rather be part of it than be left behind. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it either. But I think changes, you know, in any aspect of life, changes always uh, scary, nerve wracking. Uh, causes anxiety and um, this is just part of it. It's 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 inevitable. Um, and at the end of the day, um, there I think these big football clubs um have a right to 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 say, hey, like we're bringing in your money and um the little I mean the the smaller clubs um they don't they don't deserve the same cut that that we should be getting. Um, while I, while you can have a whole other podcast about that. Um, that's not what, that's not what we're here for. Um, but yeah, like I said, developing story. We'll discuss. We'll continue to discuss this every Monday, uh, every week as we pod, as this kind of develops even further and further. Um, it's going to be interesting. Hold on to your seats. I mean, it, who who knows what's going to happen? You know, we could be sitting here in four months saying, oh, we're in a group with, uh, you know, Real Real Madrid, uh, Juventus, uh, Inter Milan, oh, it would Manchester be a full United. League. It wouldn't be a group. It's going to be, be a league. league. It's not yeah. It would be a, a league. It wouldn't be a group. It would be. No, it's, a, it's four groups of five. Yeah. Well, that's one proposed setting. If it's only yeah. twelve teams, they're just going to say we'll all play each other. Uh, well, either way. I mean, it depends. It depends. Colin, you don't just realize. Next Monday we're going to be sitting here after a cup final. Yeah, we will be. Uh, <laughs> Where and, the and, other? And, 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 and that Ryan Mason is managing us. Yeah, what a week. I mean, it's been it's been really interesting to to see this all develop, and you know, I, I had a nephew born today. Yeah, it's it, the, the twenty four hours. The twenty four hours has been fucking crazy. It has been. Uh, here's one thing we do know: we have two games this week with a, with a new manager who's twenty nine years old, who's younger than all of us. Oh God! Um, he is two years younger than me. God damn it! Yeah. God damn it! You know it. who the other targets are outside of uh, like uh, there's a, somebody posted a listing of um, the odds-on favorites and Nagelsmann's right at the top. I was How old Nagelsmann, by the way? Uh, I'd have to look. Oh, is, is he mid thirties? I can look it up. Keep talking, Chris. But he's um, there's like so Nagelsmann is obviously the the main target. Um, I was surprised how far down the list Scott Parker is. Because he's you would probably think Scott like, Parker would be like, yeah, like, you'd think he'd be further up because it would be easier to get him. But I, I don't know. They they I was actually surprised how far down the list uh, Spiritus Santo is from Wolves. Um, I think prior to the whole Super League thing, I think Brendan Rodgers was a absolute no go. But I think if the Super League thing goes ahead and we have the oh, that kind of, yeah, if we have that yeah. kind of money to play with, all of a sudden it becomes a Okay, well maybe I should I take that top. Like, yeah. All right, all right. The, the top three targets, uh, odds wise, are are Nagelsmann, and then Brendan Rodgers in second, and then Ledley King in third. I don't think. Well, Ledley King's not. I don't even know. I mean, Brian Mason has Ledley King. 
I'm not. I'm just letting you know what the odds. No, are. no, no. Yeah, I mean and the bookies are dumb in that regard because they're and just then trying I saw, to take bets uh, with the game. I saw another post, and it's again. I say this all the time with like some of these in the know accounts, but Hotspur related said uh, they'd also looked at Roberto Roberto Martinez and potentially waiting to see how the Euros go for Southgate. Oh, I've heard Southgate. Yeah. Is Roberto Martinez still parlaying his Wigan job? His Wigan no, League Cup yeah. win against against the. He, he's still Manchester the manager City. of Belgium. He's the manager of Belgium. Tim, Tim Sherwood's a hundred to one odds. Um, oh Do you know yeah. how much? Do you know how much Spurs fans have already said, "Please don't hire fucking Southgate." Yeah. Uh, and then one other funny one I thought was on this list is uh, Wayne Rooney's fifty to one odds. <laughs> Wayne wow. Rooney. Jao Sacramento's on here at 33 to 1. <laughs> Knowing Wait, that Jao the players Sacramento has better odds than Wayne Rooney? Yeah. Uh, let's get out of here, guys. Uh, cup final on Sunday, two games. I, I'm, I'm excited for this week. This is the first time in a while I've been excited to watch Spurs. Is, it exci- uh, is excited the right word or is anxious? Is it anxious Wednesday's excited, Sunday's anxious. Okay, that's fair. Nope, I, both I agree. are anxious. That's fair. I'm anxious yeah. on both. So, uh, no, 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 Wednesday, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? We're not touching yeah. the top four anyways. Who gives a fuck? So, uh, with that being said, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> <You> Spurs. <laughs>